I don't know. Have you ever looked at uh, Joe Rogan's table? It's full of skulls. Full of skulls. There's all kinds of shit on yeah. his table. Is my mic on? Is this thing live? How uh, Mike? How Mike? Michelangelo, are we rolling? We're rolling. We're rolling. Are we on? We're on. We're on. Nice. You're live. We're live. So, um, milestones. You know, everyone has to have them, right? I hit one the other day. Uh, 225 bench. Five times. Hmm. You know? I, <laughs> is that that time I was spotting you and lifting half the bar? Chad's laughing because 225 is just his starting off. You know? <laughs> It's just a start off. You know, some of us can't go to 400. Sorry, bro. <laughs> that's good. No, yeah. that's a good goal. Yeah, it was a goal. And then I got the 100 pound. I, I, yeah, but then I yeah. hurt myself. Who was around you when you did that 225 bench? You were. You were there. You did two. He actually did it too. He pulled up two. Two? Two of them. Two nice. sets. Two, yeah. That was that day? That was that day. So do you guys, how do you, how do you bench press when you, when you bench press? How do you so, mean? Like, do you start with the flat barbell? To warm up, yeah. Or do you do um, dumbbells first? Uh, I do the dumbbells, and then I do the fl- I do the machine, the fly machine, and then you go hit the barbell. Then I hit the barbell. Then I hit the yeah. Nice. Actually, and to get my blood flowing, I do jumping jacks first to stretch out my chest. Nice. Yeah. What's your max on? Uh, what's What's your max on bench? Um, last time I hurt myself, it was at like two ninety five. Oh, that's pretty good. Hurt, hurt my shoulder. Yeah. Forty seven years old. Right? Yeah. God. Not not good. No. That's what my friend three, said. Why are you doing 225? Who cares? Yeah, three 315 used to be my max, but. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. How, how often were you working out when you were hitting 315, though? Um, Every day. Yeah. I, st- I still work com- out every day. Yeah. I, I just go to the gym. Yeah, that's just <laughs> the thing. Every day. It's part of our and, lives. Unless I'm sick or what else? Well, even sick we go. Yeah, like you got to be, you got to be more than sick. I, well, I, last week I didn't go to the gym at all. Yeah, but you were, you were like, yeah, you know, couldn't get out of bed. Ill. Yeah, very ill. Yeah. <laughs> very, very ill. ill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I drag myself no matter what. My wife even says, "What are you doing? You're gonna get everyone sick." I'm like, I don't fuck. I don't care. Well, I was gonna take this morning off, and then I, but I forgot to um, turn off my alarm, and it went off at three a.m. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, fuck. I got up at five oh seven today. Five oh seven. Five oh seven. Made it to the yoga for six. Six to seven yoga. Nice. Yeah. When you yeah, get I, to you guys' age, you'll get up that early. Yeah. Well, I just get up at three because uh, I need an hour to, before I go to the gym. To prepare. Yeah. Make up that or? Uh, yeah. Prayer, prayer and meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do my, my prayers of meditation. Prayer and meditation. What was the prayer today? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. No. I did. I did. That's between him and God. No, it was actually. I know what my prayer was. I I don't recall what the meditation, the daily meditation was. Yeah, yeah. I read the Jesus Calling. You do. Mm-hmm. It's a good one every day. I didn't pray today. I I was thankful. You know, I thank God today. That's good. Yeah, that's praying. Yeah, just being mindful of God. I think yeah. is praying. Awareness, mm-hmm. being aware of what's going on and where you're at in your life, so that you're not just focused on anything outside of that. Yeah. That's where a lot of God is. I prayed for this podcast this morning. Oh, you did? Yeah. I started praying about the podcast yesterday Yeah, for the first time. It was a great uh, great talk yesterday. Pri- prior to that, though, prior to the... Yesterday, I was... I didn't really... Um, 
I just was thinking about putting together the whole studio. Yeah. And then, yes, obviously, yesterday I got nervous. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, we're actually going to really do a podcast? You're right. What the fuck? Beautiful. I know. <laughs> like, who's, whose brilliant idea was this? Yeah. You know? Yours, boss. <laughs> uh, Yours. There we yeah, go. Take the, take the, t- the shyest guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, Quietest introvert we can find. Yeah. Who doesn't like to speak in public. You can't know? stand it. Yeah. Yeah. And do a podcast. Right. There you go. We're going to have millions of people watching. So. <laughs> right. I'd watch you guys. Chaddict. Chaddict. Yeah. Chaddict. Yeah. The chat. You can find yeah. me on Instagram. Chaddict. Chaddict. Is that three T's or four? It's four. Four T's. Yeah. The three T one I'm locked out of. I can't figure <laughs> out how to get in it. I even sent them like a, a picture of my ID. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. No. They, they denied me. They said, this isn't, we can't confirm that this is you. Even with the picture. It could have been stolen. I bet I could get a picture of my picture on your ID, though. Yeah, you probably could. How funny would it be if they unlock it for me? I'd be pissed. <laughs> I mean, they allow, they allow me into your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so, Luke, you're, Luke. A, you're a veteran, combat veteran. I am a combat veteran. That's the word on the street. Yes, Marine Corps combat veteran. How was it up there? Uh, Good times. We blew a lot of stuff up. You did, eh? We had fun. I had fun. Not scared? You weren't scared when you went? I mean, we we trained hard to go over there and do what we did, you know? I mean, I don't remember being 19 and being like, oh, I could die. That was never a thought in my head. of Like, mm, this could happen. You just, I mean, you're kind of doing your deal. It's like showing up to work every day. You do your job. Right. True, you're right. I mean, how do you feel at 19? Pretty... Uh, 19? Yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, trying to trying to be a drug dealer or something. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sucked. I sucked. I know. So bad. did I. I was really bad. Yeah, I was I was not a good teenager either. Yeah. That was like right, like right around the Tupac era for me. Yeah. We'd be rolling around the streets. Yeah. Cali Thug Life. Yeah. San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Tupac and Too Short. <laughs> wow. There you go. And I was in Winnipeg looking, uh, dreaming of California, you know, freezing. Yeah. Small 19, little town. 19? Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you came to America? Uh, 38. 38? 38. Wow. Yeah. You were 38 when you came in? 38 when I came to here, yeah. When you came to America, you're the same age as I am now. That's correct. Wow. That makes me feel young and look at you old. too old yeah. well it was nice yesterday know. when i said i had a 30 <laughs> 40 year old kid uh, aurora was like no yeah you know she so, couldn't believe that yeah. you could possibly have a 34 year old right? daughter yeah right yeah so obviously yeah. i'm still looking like in my 40s you don't look bad for your age no, no i feel great yeah except for that lombar that Lom- lombar lombar, lombar. So, lombar. So for, for, uh when, when did you decide to go in the marine corps uh senior year of high school you were like, that, yeah. that's grew, what I'm going to do. Grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, knew I didn't want to go to college. You know, I, w- I wish I could say it was something super patriotic or uh, that that was, you know, lots of family in it. But that's not the case. I just knew I didn't want to go to college. What year was like, that? Uh, 2004. Four. Yeah. Wow. 9-11 already happened. Yep. 9-11 had happened. We were, I, I remember when 9-11 happened. We were outside playing kickball for PE in my freshman year. And uh, we walked inside, and everybody's watching the TV screens, and everybody's all somber. And it was, you know, you just come in from outside, and we're like, what's going on? You right. know, and 
they're showing it on the screens and everybody's talking about it. And it was still, nobody still really knew what happened yet. You know, it was, you saw the, the planes hit the world trade center and stuff, but it was, it was that surreal moment of like, Oh, you know, like nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. When the first one hit, I think, I think like the news and I thought this has got to be an accident. This is a horrible yeah. accident. I thought it was just a plane yeah. crash. Yeah. And then they realized, and they were like just playing the the burning building. I remember I was I was actually working in treatment. I was a house manager. Oh, you were, yeah. And I had uh, two guys from New York in the house that I was managing. Really? Yeah. And, and you guys were all watching TV together. Mm-hmm. And, wow. And uh, um, one of them was detox and heroin hard. I remember. I I even remember the guy's name. Wow. Um, and. Um, we're watching the news and the second one hit and we were like, holy fuck, this isn't, this wasn't an accident. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's when everybody knew it was something serious. Yeah. Like the first one was serious in nature of what it was, but the ramifications of that were like a plane hit a building, it's not, yeah. you know, and then that second one took that direct hit live on the news. And yeah, it was, live. And that's intense. I think that's when everybody realized like we're about to go somewhere and fuck some people up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I don't remember where I am or where I was most of my life, but I remember exactly that day, exactly where I was, what I was doing. And I was, I was in Canada, you know? Um, yeah, it was a crazy day. Wow. I don't know why. Zach Galifianakis has a joke. People go, where were you on 9-11? Cause people are always like, you never forget where you were on 9-11. Never. Somebody asked Zach Galifianakis, he goes, what year? <laughs> what year? Oh, that's the comedian that's- from, uh. Yeah, the, all the, the, all the hangovers. All the hangovers and, yeah. yeah, I like I like Zach. He's a funny guy. He is funny. Nine <clears throat> eleven, the last nine eleven was horrible for my family. Yeah, as we heard about yesterday. Yeah, it's, I mean, those things you know, like there's certain traumatic experiences like that. Like I think you guys know that my my first wife and I were divorced, but we were living together back in July of 2017, and uh, she had diabetes. Never took great care of it. You know, she was 32 at the time. And, you know, I, I put her to bed the night before and, uh, she passed away in her sleep. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was one of those things of wasn't drug related, anything like that, but still taking a sudden loss like that of somebody close to you, it's, you kind of just, and that, that's where, you know, my drug use really went. But up to that point, I wasn't functioning by any means of the word, but I still felt like I was using cause I enjoyed using. Right. You know, and then after she passed away, it all of a sudden became like I'd walk by a mirror and I'd, I'd get some emotion come up and I would run to make a shot because yeah. I could not. It just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I wasn't a lot. You know, I didn't know if it was a form of weakness and I didn't know what it was until years later that it was like feelings and emotions that were coming up at the time. It, it was just an overwhelming, uncomfortable feeling. And that's what I wanted to push away. And that's what I did for a lot of my life. Right. You know, you get into cycles of, you know, for me, it was PTSD. That's what, you know, I came back from Iraq and that's where my drinking really started off heavy. And, you know, I I knew that I was having some sleeping issues. I knew that I, I had anxiety, but I didn't at the time when I was in it, I I never, I couldn't express that. That's what it was. If somebody was like, why are you drinking so much? Oh, because I like drinking. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you that I got a weird tingle down my shoulders and down my arms and felt like I just needed to go run. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that was anxiety. Right. Until I was 37 in treatment this last time, I didn't know what anxiety, you know, I knew the word anxiety, but I wasn't aware, like we were talking about earlier, awareness, you know, I wasn't aware of what 
anxiety looked like for me. Right. And, and until I could get the substances out of my system long enough to actually connect with what that is, you know, I'd probably still be running. You know, mm-hmm. By the grace of God, I'm here today. You yeah. know, I, this last time I, I was able to fully surrender and get some help. So. Nice. All of us, by the grace of God, yeah. we woke up this morning. Yeah. Some people didn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I called my mom first thing on the way to work. I just called and say hi, six o'clock, actually on the way to yoga. She's there in Florida, so three hours ahead. So I just, I called and say hi. Just and, tell uh, her about Hopeaholics. Well, yeah, yesterday she said, <laughs> she, yesterday when uh, she said, uh, I hope Chad knows that I was serious. I do pray for him every day. You know, she knows, you know, I took 100 employees. She's like, Shh. that's it's very much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, she loves you. That's yeah. a, you know, I talked to my 92-year-old grandfather back in Oklahoma, and he's like, you know, all those years that you were, you know, more or less missing in action, you know, doing my addiction thing, he's like, you know, I'd, I've never stopped praying for you every day, Luke. Yeah. You know, and I think about that now, of like, all those prayers finally came true. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm able to be here. My, my, my grandma used to pray for me every, every night when mm-hmm. I was in my active addiction. Yeah. And I knew it, you know. Yeah. And I felt it. Yeah, you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kept you going. Kept yeah. you though, just give you that little bit of hope. Now she's in heaven. I feel like I feel like you know, she still watches over me. Oh yeah, for oh, sure, yeah. You know? for sure. I like to make her proud because my grandma is a, a really, really good lady. Yeah, amazing yeah. lady. Yeah, you see, yeah, like yeah. very, very just cared about everything, <sighs> like loving. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you had said something a minute ago, chat about you know some people didn't get to wake up today. Yeah, you know. And I was thinking about that on my way down here this morning of like, you know, there, there's on a day, on a seven day news cycle, you hear a lot about politics and the left agenda, the right agenda, woke, you know, stuff like that. The trans community. Why do you think, you know, on a seven day news cycle, I don't ever recall hearing about, you know, the homeless problem, people, the fentanyl crisis, the homeless it, vet, veteran problem. Oh yeah, there's so many veterans out there that are trying to get help right now that yeah. you know, unfortunately, one they don't even know that there's help available to them. Right. They well, don't know they're that, also now being denied care, so. And that yeah, you know, I I've, I talk to guys on a regular basis that want to get some help and there's avenues for them to get help through private treatment, you know, through their VA healthcare benefits. Yeah. And they're being told, "Oh, you want to get some help? Well, you have to call your primary care." I know for a fact that primary care is out in May right now. We're in March, mid-March, right. and the soonest you could get into primary care is mid-May. That's two months. So, so if a, so if an addict needs help, they have to wait two months to go see their primary care yeah, to, to get a referral. It's insane. Unless you know somehow God works a lot of miracles in your favor that day, right? You know, which isn't beyond possible, but you know, for the majority of the people out there that are reaching out for help. You know, they just came out with that new compact act saying that, you know, any veteran anywhere that needs suicide care, we got you. We got you for your emergency treatment. We got you for up to 30 days. Well, you know, as I've looked into that more and as I know you have, (laughs) you know, that's not what it looks good on its face. But you start digging into it and realizing that there's not a lot of substance there. Yeah, look, it looks really good on paper when they send it out to a veteran uh, in an email. Yeah. Um. But then uh, as a community care provider, uh, we're being told not to even think about bringing somebody in under that act. Um, which, which is crazy because I know coming from addiction and living on the streets that, you know, you're, you're committing just as much suicide by shooting fentanyl into your system every day 
as you are if you're thinking about going to hang yourself. Yeah. If you are having SI and and thinking about what you're going to do and trying to enact a plan on it. Right. You know, you're almost more so because you are enacting on that plan of using drugs on a daily basis that could be the last time you use drugs. Right. That could anytime, be the one. Anytime you use fentanyl, it's like, that's, you, you don't know if that's going to be your last well, time. Russian it's roulette. It yeah. Yeah. It's Russian roulette. Yeah. Russian roulette. What, what if somebody's, I mean, everybody I know that, that, uh, you know, comes through, um, you know, one of, one of, uh, our treatment centers whose, um, drug of choice is fentanyl. Every single one of them has overdosed. Oh, Every single one of them. Everyone. And it's by the grace of God that somebody was there with Narcan yeah. or something different. You know, uh, the ambulance was called mom found him and, you know, well, that's in the six months prior for to me getting arrested and going to treatment. I overdosed three times. Like that's insane. My last baby mom was there, you know, thankfully we always had Narcan around and it's, you know, I'm thankful that the government has gotten as good as they have about handing out free Narcan and stuff and having it be available to people. But just as easy as that is available I don't understand why there's not avenues for people to get treatment available for veterans. You know, vet, you think veterans, we've, yes, we don't pay a premium every month for our health insurance. You, we did that already, by our service. You, you we did that by the, our service. You already paid a premium. Yeah. But, you know, you think of anybody that has private insurance and yeah, we, they, we they pay. In, we get them in, in three hours. Yeah. Because they, they're paying their monthly premiums. Right. You know, you think that. Okay, so what is it? Is the VA, the veterans don't deserve that? Do we not deserve to get in just as quick as somebody that's paying a monthly premium of monetary value? Right. You know, we spend years of our life, we go to combat, and all of a sudden, okay, you know, yeah, you have health care. Cool. But what about for the stuff that's needed? I mean, don't get me wrong. My primary care doctor is great. I got a chiropractor referral. Chiropractor is great. Right. But when I needed help to get healthy enough to where I can utilize these benefits with substance abuse and mental health, they'd send you to a seven day, you know, detox where they put you on benzos and then they cut you out. Right. No follow up, no aftercare, nothing like the actual treatment industry needs to be. Have you heard of the Mission Act? I have heard of the Mission Act. Yeah. It's once again, it looks great on paper. It sounds great when you read it. You know, I get I get the emails from VAHealth.gov. Yeah. And, you know, I, I read these emails and I'm like, hopeful. Okay, some guys are going to get some help, you know. And then, you know, I work as a veterans advocate and, and I have guys call me trying to get into treatment. And I say, okay, you know, here's what we need to do. And, you know, we used to be able to take them into an emergency department through the VA. And, and you know, nine yeah. times out of ten... We, we could get them a referral to go somewhere for private treatment through their VA healthcare benefits. Somebody that is, is in network with their VA healthcare benefits to be able to get help, you know, which is what a veteran needs. Cause when you're, uh, that should be the way in an out in an hour. I mean, with the way they were doing it up until January 1st, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that I noticed as a CCN provider that on January 1st, all of this, uh, slowed down actually stopped. stopped. I'm going to be honest. It stopped. stopped. And, and, and I, I actually received a letter. So I received a letter from, um, it was actually written to a congressman and I received a letter and in the letter, uh, they said that, um, they no longer accept, uh, veterans through the emergency department and that, um, they are, 
complying with the Mission Act, that they will make sure that they are stabilized, meaning medically stabilized, um, according to um, them, um, and uh, that they will refer them to their primary care for their mental health and or substance use disorder uh, treatment, which could be anywhere from what? Uh, one to six months. One to six months. And I can tell you from personal experience that every time I was in active addiction that I tried to get some help, if I couldn't get help quickly, and I understand, you know, some people might think, oh, well, you wanted it on your terms. No, I just wanted a reasonable care at a reasonable time frame. Right. If I go in and say, hey, I've had a moment of clarity. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of living on the streets. Uh, you know, I, I know that there's more value in my life than what I'm doing with it. I need some help. And they, okay, well, you know, come back next week to do some outpatient stuff. It's insanity. Like, I spent right. years. If you're, if you're like homeless, a homeless veteran. I spent years on the streets of Santa Ana yeah. in California shooting heroin and meth all day, every day. And you're telling me that somehow I'm magically going to detox myself and that I should show up a week from, you know, a couple days after when I'm asking for help and magically get some outpatient care. Yeah. No, that, that right there is reason for me to be like, mm, and here's see, a bus pass. I tried. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a bus pass. We, we got you. We got some you. Librium. That, yeah. 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 I no, mean, they, we, they didn't even do that. We've had bad experiences lately. We, we used it's, to have really good experiences. There was for, for about, um, I say about, uh, mo most of 2022, they were actually writing good referrals for yeah. um, veterans in need. And um, then all of a sudden, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that it's probably a budget issue, you know. It came down from the top. This is, uh, these are just my opinions. These aren't facts. I think but, it's very interesting how right about the time that they stopped quickly addressing the needs for veterans through the emergency department is right when they rolled out that compact act. Shortly thereafter is when they rolled out that compact act that said, oh, we're going to pay for anybody anywhere to get the treatment they need. Right. Which is what should happen. But I don't think it's coincidence that those two things coincided within a month of each other. That all of a sudden they've stopped allowing veterans to get help for substance abuse and mental health. Because I felt like they thought maybe the floodgates were going to open up. And all the veterans. Well, they didn't even open. They didn't even let the gate open at all. They kept a no. lock on it. Yeah. The compact act. I don't know anybody any treatment center or any veteran uh, and we get calls every single day. Yeah. I don't know a single veteran that that combat uh, or compact act has helped. Not one. Be, I, I read the, the Senate bill. I read what was proposed, the bill in its entirety. Right. I remember and, and you, uh, you highlighted everything I did. for me. I, I recall. did. I did. Yeah. Cause it, it's important to me that, yeah. to be able to get veterans the help they need. Was yeah. it no, it's not. It's not even the help that they need. It's the help that they deserve. Deserve. Yeah. They deserve yes. better health care. They deserve better health care than the general population. I haven't put an M sixteen in my hand and gone out to uh, make sure this country is and fought a war. Yeah. For this country, I haven't done that. Neither have I. You know, I have. You have. You have. You have. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, that. You know, and. And it wasn't through my VA healthcare benefits that got me here. No, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, that's uh, a sad situation. Yeah, well, that's that's not that's, that's, that's a big deal. I didn't even know until after the fact, after I'd gotten clean and picked up a year, you know, in recovery, that what we have to offer was even out there. I didn't know that you could go to private treatment through VA healthcare. Benefits. I didn't know there's people in network 
through their VA healthcare benefits to go to treatment, which is insane. Yeah. I had, that, I had it's to insane that they don't yeah. tell you guys. It seems like when somebody presents with mental, and, and that's the thing is like most VAs do not have beds available at the facilities that they do offer, like the DOMS and stuff like that. Right. They don't have beds. So it's not like veterans are showing up. The VA has an option for them and the veterans saying, oh no, I don't want that option. Right. It's that they're showing up and being told all you can do is outpatient. Yeah. All you can do is a state funded facility. Right. Or you can just wait on the waiting list to go to the dom. Right. And let's face it, a state funded facility, no offense, but I mean, they're not attracting the best therapists in the world. I mean, right. the pay is down. Right. Um, so the veteran no. is not getting the mental health care that they need. Nothing's going to give you care like for profit industry is. No. And, it, and it's not, you know, I don't say for profit in a bad way of like, you know, there's for-profit in companies, rehabs that are doing the right things for the right reasons. Yeah. And th- and that's and that's what I see. I, I see places that want to help veterans and they want people to find a solution to their drinking and drug problem. They don't, they're not bringing them here for 30 days just to be like, okay, we're cool. We're going to take your money and then, and then that's it. No, they want to get to the root of the cause and find out why the veteran is drinking and using. Yeah. What did it, like, like I had that awareness of it was me. It's, you know, the alcohol and the drugs are a symptom of what was wrong with me. Right. I was using those to address the feelings and emotions I couldn't handle. It wasn't like that was what, once I stopped drinking, Oh, magic, you know, and I've realized from in times I've gone to VA programs, that's a lot of it is, Hey, you need to stop drinking. Just to avoid going to the, the liquor store at the grocery store or the liquor aisle at the grocery store, which that, you know, if, if that's how you got to live your life, Everybody's different. I get that. My personal experience, that'd be a miserable life. If all you're doing is going through every day, trying to avoid being around people, places, and things that might trigger you to want to drink or use. Nowhere to live. No. Who's it, Nancy Reagan? Uh, just say no. I mean. Just say no. Just say no. Oh. That's like I, right when I started. Yeah, was, right. Yeah, during the Nancy Reagan era. Ridiculous. Yeah. Just say no. I mean, we were, I was a kid, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and no disrespect, I, I love Nancy Reagan, and uh, but... Um, you know, when I was a kid, it was like we just thought she was an old lady yeah. saying just say no. Yeah. So we should probably say yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, and then, and then, and then I got, and then, and then I got exposed to you know, um, uh, weed and um, methamphetamines. And the first time I did it, I was like, why, why in the hell did somebody not tell me about this sooner? Mm. You know, change. It was life changing. Yeah. You know. Um, that's how I felt. That's how I felt first time I did opiates. Yeah, obviously, like in the long run, though, it's life changing. It's life changing regardless. Yeah, yeah. you know, both ends a, of the stick. On both ends of the both stick. Ends. But 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 still, I have I, I don't have any regrets on it because I wouldn't be the man that I am today yeah. if I hadn't gone through all of the experiences that I've gone through. Oh, I agree completely. You know, like I want to help other. I I believe God left me here to help other people that suffer with the same stuff that I suffer with. You know, and there's a lot of people out there a lot of people. that are that are hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, I mean, it was like for for me, it's like a, a, you know, mental health issues and you know, low self esteem and um, a lot of things, man. A lot of pain, a lot of trauma, a lot of self inflicted pain, yeah. a lot of self inflicted trauma. Yeah. And I put my own self through. Um, I get that, but man. yeah, man, it's like it just it it boggles my mind that all of a sudden um we stopped helping veterans i i'm just like i'm baffled you know um 
I can tell you they're still out there. They still need help. Oh yeah, there's. We <laughs> they, get calls they, every they single day. Disappear. We're magically still trying to get them to their primary care. Oh, yeah. the other thing I was told too is that, uh, and and just want to clarify that the Hopeaholics is a, a podcast, but I also you know uh, own and operate treatment centers, and a couple of them do have a community care network contracts with the VA. And, um, you know, they have, um, they have really, uh, so, so I've been told to, um, you know, tread lightly, actually. Is this treading lightly? This isn't treading lightly. This isn't treading lightly. No. 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 I'd say, isn't that part of the reason why you started the Hopeaholics podcast is to be able to get the word out there that not necessarily directed at any individual person or group. Right. But so that people know what's going on. Right. I want them to know what's going on. Yeah. I'm not going to shut my mouth. No. I, I, I honestly like care about these veterans. I care about veterans. I care about everybody that has a substance abuse, uh, substance use, um, mental health issue. Um, because when people pick up the phone and they call us, they're not, they're not having the best day of their life. No, no. They're having the worst day of their life. You know how hard it is to pick up a phone when, when you're like, down and out and maybe you've been using fentanyl or drink on a on a on a bender for you know months uh all methed out needle sticking out of your arm i mean this is the these are the days that people are having when they call us and that's you know people don't understand it it's it's not like those days are all the time for you know most of the time in active addiction or drinking you're not sitting there every day going, oh, I need some help. Oh, I need some help. Oh, I need some help. No. Some people might be. But for me, it was months of, no, I'm fine. I've got this. I can't let anybody know what's going on and just struggling through. And then there'd be those days of, I've got to do something. This isn't working. Yeah. You have that little burst of clarity of that kind of, oh, what's going on? You start kind of feeling sad. Like, I miss my family. I sure wish I had hot water for a shower. I wish yeah. I had a toilet to go use whenever I wanted. It'd be nice to have a roof over my head. It'd be nice to have a job. It'd be nice to have a car. Yeah, it'd, all, it'd be nice to have a car, huh? Yeah. A car that's not stolen. Yeah. It'd be nice to not Their be gas, in, this, this, heat uh, on. In, 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 in the Colton Inn. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's the Colton they, Inn. That, yeah. It they, used to be 1999. I don't even know how drug addicts survive these days because, like, when I was a drug addict, gas was um, like 98 cents a gallon. So like the car run all night on that. Dude, twenty bucks. Yeah. Fill it up. Yeah. Seventeen bucks. Yeah. I I could have twenty bucks, put five in my car, use the other fifteen for you know, for, for some junk uh, yeah. or whatever. Some party favors. Yeah. And I was like high for a day. Yep. You know? A lot more expensive than that. <laughs> I, lost, I lost multiple cars. I loved when I had a car because then I had somewhere to sleep at night. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, sweet. I at least know I can sleep in my car tonight. Yeah, but we got to understand also, we're not talking about homeless people. We're talking about the average American. Oh, you know, yeah. They, we, average Americans average are American, treatment every Not day. homeless, average American living at home or having a house, maybe yeah. working. They're doing fentanyl. They're doing speed. I mean, this is just, this is an epidemic right speed. now. Speed. Speed. The younger generation probably have no idea what you're talking about. Methamphetamine? Speed. 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 The meths. I think they just call it meth. 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 It sounds so bad. It does. Like meth. I mean, I think it's even shorter than that. You just call it white now. Just white? Yeah. 
it used to be like white was was meth, and then you had black was heroin. Yep. Yeah. Black and but white. We, we don't even We're have clear. heroin out here anymore. No tar heroin left. I've never, I've, I haven't seen it. It was phasing out right at the end of my using. Yeah, it's the three overdoses. I saw oh. this um, this interview of this homeless guy, and he was he was talking about how um, they've uh, st- stopped bringing heroin into the country and wow. only fentanyl only. Wow. Well, that's yeah. I, I heard and you it's know, cheaper. I heard Aurora yesterday talking about that about like, you know, I don't think it's conspiracy theory. I think they realize what they're doing. Yeah. It's cheaper. It's easier to mass produce. You can bring it in. It doesn't smell like heroin does. It doesn't look like heroin does. You can mix it with other things. You can pack it in ways that you can't pack heroin. It doesn't melt when it gets hot. Mm. You know, so you got to think what you're bringing across the border. You know, you got to get it here somehow. And the hotter, yeah. the hotter black tar heroin gets. Can we, clo- can we close the borders? Can we just say that? Oh uh, yeah. Oh borders. no, that's 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 possible. Yes. Yeah. I mean, can could we? Yes. I've I've, I've will we. I've watched on the news how many um, these uh, these fentanyl busts, right? They they bust enough fentanyl to kill the whole entire country. Yeah, everybody, every individual. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's not a border issue policy. No, it is. Yeah, they need to stop that. But what are we gonna do? I know what we're gonna do. We're just gonna keep helping the people that need help. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Every call. Yeah. Every call. Oh, you know what that leads me into? What's the number they should call? Um, 866-930-HOPE. 866-930-4673. Be the lucky any number caller, and you will hear the sweet Shane's voice. How about giveaways? What are we giving away? We're giving away treatment. Treatment. Four scholarships a month. Four. At one of the six treatment centers. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, the more we can get word out there that there's help for people, the more people will know that we can give them help. Yeah. You know. It, oh, that's another thing I was told. Um, speaking of that, yeah, uh, right. So, at my crazy. at my CCN uh, programs, mm. I'm I am absolutely I was told not allowed to scholarship a veteran. What is that insane? I thought just we can't solicit. No, you can't scholarship. No, can't scholarship a veteran at one of the CCN programs. Really? Yeah, that's odd. It's odd. So yeah. we can't give them free treatment, but and, they and, also and, the VA won't allow them to and, come and, to treatment. Right? They stopped writing referrals for treatment. So on like, January, what are 1st, these vet- veterans supposed 1st. to do? It's crazy. Yeah, January what are these veterans 1st. supposed to do? Does that seem suspicious? That right, like on January 1st, that they stopped writing referrals. It's weird. I mean, it's not really weird, but. Anyway, so tell us about, tell us, Luke, about um, about your experience with the, with trying to get treatment. Because I know that um, you've had a few times, um, you know, and maybe even might, you- might as well give a plug for uh, the, the people that got you to treatment, too. So, yeah. So I uh, went to treatment once, 2010. I was in jail for public drunk and assault battery on a police officer back in Oklahoma. Um, shortly thereafter, I got out because I just wasn't ready yet. Treatment in 2006 or 2016, I went to treatment again uh, down in South Texas. And it was a good treatment facility, but I still got out of there thinking that, all right, they've given me all this knowledge. I, I know what to do now. I've got this. If I just do what, you know, if I go to the meetings and, and kind of 
do the stuff, I'll be okay. But I still thought that I was the one that was going to make all that happen instead of reliance on God, you know, and, uh, came out here and back in 2017 and, you know, lost the ex-wife, um, got with another girl who died of cancer, you know, in January of 2019 and went to the streets and, you know, spent a lot of years on the streets, uh, picked up 17 charges, had five warrants, had been absconding from probation for three months, I think at the time, um, you know, I'd been doing veterans diversion court or veterans combat court, combat veterans court, uh, through Orange County, uh, you know, Department of Justice and the court system. And, uh, you know, September 9th of 2021, I got arrested uh, out here in Costa Mesa. Uh, Santa Ana police came and picked me up. And, you know, there's that sense of relief of, of getting ar- arrested. Uh, you know, when I first came out of the hotel room and saw the cops with guns, I was like, these guys don't know who I am. You know, like, <laughs> how dare they? I hadn't gotten well that morning. You know, that was my only thought of like, <laughs> these assholes, you know, like if you, let me go back inside for just a couple minutes, right. you know, like how I can't believe this is happening. But I remember because I knew I wasn't getting out on bail. I knew that there, I was going to get locked up for a minute uh, that I got in the back of that cop car. And there's just that kind of relief that it was over. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'd never had that thought before. Usually I got arrested and I was like, all right, I'll get out soon. I'll, you know, even if it takes a week or two, I can get out and, and I'll be back at it. You know, I'll, I'll keep running and gunning. And this time there's just that calm of like, yeah, it's done, you know, went to jail and, um, you know, shout out to Corey V Hill and, uh, Jade Smith from tyranny center. You know, they, they, they come into the orange County jail at the OAC there and, and try to get some veterans help that they need. You know, I had asked them, I told them, I said, Hey, I'm done. I said, I've been doing this for a while. I know that I just don't want to go back to that. I know that if I get out without, something in place, I'm going to go right back to it, you know? And, uh, so they got, they found me a scholarship through care possible. Randy Moritis, um, started a nonprofit called care possible that scholarships, uh, veterans and their families for treatments in inpatient substance use treatment and mental health therapy. Even, you know, I, I still go to Randy for therapy now, you know, even at 16 months clean. And, uh, so I went to treatment up in, uh, Fresno, California, uh, good treatment facility, I was able to detox, do 30 days residential, um, went sober living, did PHP and IOP, the full continuum of care that the same thing that you offer Chad at your facilities, you know, we'll get you the, off the substances, get you that inpatient care where you're in a bubble to where you can really focus on yourself and the causes and conditions of why you're wanting to use. And then after that you transition to, you start, you know, going out of that bubble a little bit more. You're around a bigger group of people. You have a little bit more freedom. And you actually, as you're still working on what it is that made you want to do what you're doing, you know, so, uh, got out of treatment and, uh, you know, November 15th, 2021 is my clean date. You know, I'm, as of yesterday, I've got 16 months clean, which, you know, I couldn't put hours together before I went to treatment this last time, much less days or, and it's all by the grace of God. Had you, had you tried to, um, get treatment through the VA prior to your arrest? Oh Yeah. You know, in the two and a half years before my arrest, I had gone to the VA multiple times. Uh, can I say which VA? No. no. Okay. <laughs> so a Southern California VA I, I went to. And, uh, you know, and, and some of the times it was court ordered for me to go to detox through combat court. And I would show up at the emergency department and they would 
clear me to go to detox and they'd send me to a seven day inpatient. It was a, like a paper gown, fuzzy socks, like fuzzy grippy socks, crazy type place. Like not a, not a, like, a, a, not like a, not like a real detox center. Oh for, no. For, for substance. substance. Oh no. It, I mean the, the place I, I went it's primary thing is like some people that are on psych holds cycle through yeah. police or through family or through like medical need they have the ability to hold, you know, to take some people for, you know, medical detox, they call it. It wasn't medical detox because they put you on, I don't remember who it is, or is Lora- it? lorazepam or I know it was a benzo because, yeah. you know, the first couple of days of it, I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, <laughs> you stop the heroin, stop the meth, put me on some benzos. Like, I can do this. But then you get sick when you. Yeah. And then, well, that's, you know, the first two or three days aren't bad. And then. You know, it's not even the the physical sickness at that point. Like, you do get physically sick, yes, but it's that mental because you you'd have to be really loaded up on something to to shut that voice in your head off. Yeah. And that was the thing I could never shut that voice in my head off. So, you know, you go through seven days, and then they cut you out, and the and the VA would say, "All right, you're getting out on a Friday. Come back next Monday for some outpatient groups." Right. So you're telling me seven days after years of shooting heroin and meth, you and I, magically want me to of my own cognizance. Right. And I was, and mind you, I was homeless. Yeah. So every time I'd go into these detoxes, I, I went. You'd come out and you'd go where? To the street. Back, back to the streets. My buddy's tin on the tracks. Like, <laughs> God. Go see Paco. You know, yeah. like, what, what else am I going to do? I don't have money for a hotel room. Yeah. You know, I didn't. And they didn't I wasn't they, on a winning streak when I presented at the VA saying I need some help. Right. It's not like everything was going great. And I just decided it was time for a change. I knew it was time for a change because in my situation, I know everybody's different. Everybody's situation is going to be different. There's going to be people out there that are holding down a job are holding down a family are holding down life and that still need help. And we can still get them that help. But it, it, you know, my personal experience was I was not, not doing things the right way for, for years. Right. You know, so They'd cut me loose, and two of the times I went, I took off, you know, I, I ACA'd myself because that voice in my head, there was no therapy while you're there. You are you literally just kind of shuffle around, maybe watch some TV, talk to, you know, have some interesting conversations with the people that aren't psych wards in there. <laughs> you, I mean, you meet some pretty cool people in some psych wards. I, I'm not going to lie. Hopefully not uh, your ex-wife. No, no. no. My, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Never met a never met a wife at the psych ward. <laughs> I did good. meet last baby mom on the streets though. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you know, and she's she's still out there on the streets using last baby mama. So so do you know other vets that have had a similar experience? I'd say every vet I've ever spoken to that has some drinking or substance abuse problems, ha, ha, they've all said similar stories of I went to try to get help and, and I felt like it was not well received. Right. I went to try to get help and you know, the ones that have tried outpatient programming through the VA yeah, have, have told me, you know, I go in there and, and it's basically the, the Nancy Reagan thing. Just don't do it. Just say no. You know, if you can just stop the drinking and stop doing the drugs, then your life's going to be better. Yeah. yeah. Which don't get me wrong. If you can stop drinking and doing drugs, inherently your life will get better. It, it will get better. Yeah. But for for the real alcoholic or addict, the people that actually need some help, yeah, the the real help is that quitting drinking and drugs, 
turns it, on the insanity. It actually turns yeah. on the insanity yeah. outside of the head. It the external stuff yeah. starts to look good. You might get the job or keep the job, keep for the wife. For a minute. Yeah. yeah. But that voice in your head. Yeah. Ooh. The pain, what takes the, the voice trauma. away? What takes the voice away? God. 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 A spirit a God. vital spiritual experience yeah. through a program of recovery. I don't that, care what you use as a program of your recovery, but you know, in my personal experience, it, it's been a 12-step program and I hear you. weekly church attendance. And that's people. So you're meeting people, like-minded people. You're, you're, you're hanging around now with the winners. Community I mean, is huge. Community is huge. So with God alone, I mean, it's tough. God is big, but you still have to go out. You got to do things. God's going to take you places. So God has constantly showed up for me in my life. Yeah. Once I fully accepted him in treatment this last time, and that's a little story for you here. I, okay. I know you guys have probably heard it, but everybody else hasn't, so they get to hear it too. So, uh, you know, I, I went up to treatment in Fresno, and, you know, wasn't my first time in treatment. wasn't my first time trying to kick drugs. And I'm, I'm up there in treatment, and, uh, you know, they cut me off the Subutex. They did the eight-day taper on it or six-day taper. I don't remember what it was. A couple-day taper off Subutex. And, you know, the first two days after getting off Subutex, uh, you know, it's, a, it's not bad. Because it's got like a 72-hour half-life. So, you know, most of it's still in your system 72 or three days after. So, you know, about three days after, I start telling the staff, I was like, you guys don't understand who I am. You know, I got PTSD. I need to stay on. You know, I, I tried every addict tricked in the book to get them to keep me on it. Because then that kind of fear starts kicking in of like, how can I, how can, you know, not, I was up in like the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. You know, we're, we're close to Shaver Lake up there, if anybody knows where that's at. And, uh, you know, it, it's a long walk back to the outskirts of Fresno. And mind you, I didn't know anybody in Fresno. But my mind, you know, after the clinical team there is like, the quicker you can get off everything, the better your life's going to be. Which sounded great in theory, but not to the voice in my head. The voice in my head's like, you panic, yeah. sheer panic. So, uh, you know, I start having this thought, all right, if I, if I take off from here... You know, like 10 a.m. around noon, I could hit the outskirts of Fresno and I could probably find somebody, you know, I lived on the street. I, I, I could pick out who's on the street that probably has some drugs. You know, I didn't my, I didn't have any money, but we could figure things out, you know. And uh, so, you know, that voice and I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, people, have, you know, people are believing in me to be here. I want to be here. But e even with the sincerest desire to get clean, that voice in your head is strong. So, you know, the scary thought though, cause I had had that thought before many times, you know, every time I ran out of drugs, every time I started to get sick, I'd have that thought of like, all right, what can I do to get high? The thought that really scared me and actually changed my life was when I had the thought of, you know what? I'm just going to suck it up. I've got this on my own. I'll do, I'll go to the groups they asked me to go to. I'll do everything they say. Same thing I did after in, you know, treatment in 2016. I'll be a rehab stud. You know, you want me to show up at a group at nine, I'll be there at eight fifty. You want me to write a page on my journal, I'll write a page and a half. You know, because I've got this. I've got it. I know I can do it. Fam famous words. Yeah. Right before yeah. I relapse. I've yeah. got this. Famous. And that's that's the thought from that voice in my head that scared me. And that's where I was laying in bed and I literally just start saying, you know, God, please take my addiction away. I said that over and I was just, God, please take my addiction away. God sincerest desire from the depths of my soul. And I got like one of those ASMR responses. I got goosebumps on my arms. I got a tingle on the back of my neck. And all of a sudden that voice was not in my head anymore. Thank all, God. Yeah. And that's ever since then, the mental, like the, the physical of it lasted for a while. The physical just 
tiredness, fatigue, all that. But that mental thought of like, you've got to use has not, hasn't come back. It's good. I fully surrendered. I fully accepted that I can't do this and that God can. And that's where, you know, once that happened, that's where that community comes in. That's yeah. where you start to build community. You start getting some responsibilities in life. You start showing up for your own life. And that's where life's amazing. I remember when I was uh, just starting out, I had a buddy. He always said, whenever I said I was going somewhere, he said, uh, what are you going to do and what do they have to offer you? You know, what good is going to come from you doing that exactly? Yeah. You know, I always thought about that. Then I figured, you know, after 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night, there really is nothing good. Mm. What is happening after 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night? It's dark. It's Well, thank God for care possible, though. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Doing the right things for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah thank completely. God for care, care thank possible. Thank God, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, Great organization. You know, yes. And the VA wouldn't take care of them. Yeah. Or, and that's, but that means our government wouldn't take care of them. Before, before I got out, before I started working here with you, yeah. I didn't know that there is the availability to get veterans in through their VA healthcare benefits. Right. I didn't, that was unheard of. I was like, wait, wait a second. You mean I didn't have to go to a VA place that's making me wait or just tell me I need outpatient? You mean that I could actually come in and get the kind of care that I got through a scholarship <clears throat> from Care Possible? Yeah. Through my VA healthcare benefits? Right. And I, I've dealt with the VA it's, in multiple states it's for out years. There. Yeah, it's out there. And, 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 and every every vet should actually get the care. And that, I, it, I, I, I recommend that every vet that's out on the streets that needs help go call their local VA yeah. uh, that they're um, with and you know try to get a community care uh, referral uh, if they want to get help. If there's no beds at the DOM. I mean, we can, we can pull up the Mission Act. Can you pull up the Mission Act uh, while we're chit-chatting that's, yeah, uh, and I mean, put it on this and I'll put even, it on the screen because they're they're actually supposed to um if, uh there's there's there are there's a system if there's there's five to, yeah five five bullet points yeah of, five bullet that allow points. you to utilize the ccn network yep you know and even if and, and so many times that these guys are getting denied right now uh they they are um surpassed the the, the bullet points yeah you know one one of them is um so we got the Veterans Affair launches new health care options under Mission Act. Veteran Community <laughs> Care General Information Fact Sheet. Go up. The left. Yeah. Click that on that one. one. Yeah, I believe that's the one. Yeah, the general fact sheet. Yeah, yep. there it is. That's the general fact sheet. I mean, I think everybody at the VA, all the employees should actually be reading it. Maybe even the heads. You'd think that the everybody the, that has the ability to, you know, help the veterans with community care referral yeah. would, would know this stuff and adhere to it. I'm Strict actually going to, I'm going to, I'm actually going to pull something up on my phone and read it because I want to read the exact words that the VA wrote, uh, to us. Yeah. Um, so technically they didn't write it to us, but it was written to at us. It was written at us to a congressman that I, that I know. And, um, I've been having them help me uh, work with the work, work with the, the VA, and um, they wrote a they 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 wrote a, a letter, um, which is kind of funny because like you know we all we have done since day one of being part of the community care. Well, actually, we were we were before even before the community care act, we had the original uh, it was called a PC three contract. Yeah, PC3. Mm -hmm. So we've been working with the VA and veterans for about four at least four or five years. Yeah. Um, 
And how in the, in those four or five years, how many veterans have you been able to help? Um, hundred and fifty. And if, if, but 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 a hundred of a uh, hundred and thirty of them were uh twenty twenty two. Yeah, about twenty twenty. Yeah. One hundred and thirty. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I, I yeah. could give you exact numbers. Yeah, well, I'm just, um, just wanting ballparks for people out there. To let's know. just say, yeah. a, let's just say a hundred, right? Let's say a hundred, and we're an eighty bed facility, so, um, you know, uh, the, the, our big, our largest one that has um, a CCN contract. I'm not, I'm not even going to put out the names of the treatment center that has the CCN contract. Um, you know, just to but protect that, those so facilities. So that's twenty twenty two, roughly eight to ten veterans a month you're able to help. Yeah. We're, yeah. All right. So January and because 1st of that, of what's funny about that is because of that, and they were guaranteeing they said, Oh yeah, this is how you do they Okay. So let me start off with they told us this is exactly how you do it. This is how it works. And um and and it is exactly what we did. Ex- we did it exactly for the last twelve months. And then in December they decided, I think what happened, I don't, I, I, I have a lot of opinions on it and I don't want to, I, I, I can just tell you that all of a sudden something changed right around December 15th. And I think somebody at the VA might've gotten in trouble. And so then they decided to throw us under the bus. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, oh no, it's, it's, it's the outside tree. And it's not just mine. I have many friends that have the CCN contract that work in this industry. All in the same boat. All in the same yeah. boat. Yeah. We got, we all got the same stuff. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, is a, a bunch of us actually are friends with, um, with, with people in Congress. So, yeah. um, so we're actually working from the top down, but you know, um, well, and that's, that's all I want to bring up the, you said Jan- January 1st was when, you know, they stopped doing that. So eight to 10 veterans a month throughout 2022 got some help through, you know, the help they rightly through, deserve through, just through so, us. Yeah. That, and that's not including all so, the other so facilities that, that we're getting eight to 10. Yeah. So January, February, March of 2023, after they stopped doing it, how many veterans roughly have you been able to help every month? Uh, since January 1st, we've brought in, um, about four, six, four, five six. or six. Yeah. Got a couple four to six. So, so less, less than normally would, would have been brought in, in a three month. month period, three month period. So that, that would make me think that either the VA is somehow magically, Delicious. Solve it. Yeah. Solve it. So magically they've solved the addiction and, uh, alcohol pr- crisis that, you know, plagues the veteran community or that the veterans that were able to get some help throughout 2022 are now not getting help. And I know from personal experience, you know, as a veteran's advocate that people call all the time, every day, you know, this shit every day they call and, and it, and it, it, it breaks my heart. It sucks. You know, it fucking sucks to tell a veteran, Dude, you know, I'm so glad you called. You're doing the right thing. All right, now you got to call your primary care. I can't call. I have trauma. Yeah. Here's the. Here's the. I, I have the. I have the letter here. I don't. I don't have my glasses. So bear with me. I probably look funny with my glasses on camera. Anyways, um, I got old and my eyes went bad. Okay, so uh, for, first they throw us under the bus, dear mm-hmm. Congressman. Thank you for your recent inquiry on behalf of blah, 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 companies. Due to recent concerns about these companies, I'm not even, I'm not going to say which VA. Um, Let's see. Due to recent uh, concerns about patient safety and quality of care. Okay, and quality of care, the VA, the specific VA, has filed a 
joint patient safety review, which was from what my understanding, uh, it also says that the third party payer is, is, uh, aware of it. Now I'm, I have been talking with this third party payer about this complaint that we got from the VA and, um, there is no complaint as far as they're concerned about patient safety or quality of care. It was about, um, the way we were sending the vets to the emergency department to get help, to get help, the help that they deserve. So that was the, that was the real deal. So they, they tried to throw us under the bus in front of a congressman who, uh, who I know and, um, their family as well. So like if there was patient safety, wouldn't, wouldn't the VA, wouldn't you think that the VA would have immediately, because at the time we had about 25 vets in here. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think that they would immediately come down here, take a look around the facility, check the quality yes. of care immediately, Inter- immediately Inter- interview the veterans, that interview the veterans. Have and, and if it. not, they're not doing their job. They're not doing due their diligence. Job. They're, they're yeah. not doing their due diligence just because some social worker at the VA wanted to say, Oh, this or that, you yeah. know what I mean? Come, not, come down. We invite, we invite yes. anybody from any VA to come down. Uh, any congressman to come down and look at our operation. This is top tier. Top tier. Any veteran service organization that knows veterans that need to get some help. But this is the part that I like the best. Let me find it. You guys can chat for a second. Top tier. So they said top independent tier. of above consideration, the VA uh, has restructured processing for referring veterans to residential treatment programs. Veterans presenting to the emergency department and requesting and or determined to have a possible need for residential mental health treatment will be referred back to their primary care provider and mental health providers to determine the best course of treatment. This is, this is exclusive, exclusive of any mental health or emergent treatment needed in the ed Mm. oh wait they go on to say um residential treatment referrals placed by the primary care provider will be reviewed by mental health staff for dispositioning and if care cannot be provided by the va within the mission act wait time access standards the consult will be forwarded to the care in the community. What do you guys think of that? Just all lies. It's all lies. So basically, hurry up, hurry that don't do anything. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. Hurry up and wait to get help. And it's yeah. and in the Mission Act, it's twenty one days, I believe. Of if if somebody comes in and says, "I need some help," and the dom says, "Oh, we're not going to have a bed for twenty one days," they're supposed to immediately refer that to community care. But that's not, you know. Well, every time we've sent somebody up to the dom, there's there's more than a a thirty day uh, oh, waiting yeah. period, oh, yeah. and that's why it was working so well. Like at the emergency department, if somebody was from a specific that that specific VA, you could take them up there. You could uh, present them at the emergency department with because trust me, if somebody is detoxing alcohol, uh, uh, benzodiazepines, mm-hmm. um, and in my opinion, fentanyl. Um, I don't really have like a you know, a medical de- degree to have that opinion, but to, but 
people are dying from fentanyl, so I do have an opinion. Um, that's an emergency. If they're ready to get help, it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't take 21 days for a veteran to get help. It should take less than a 24 hours. I agree. Uh, I mean, if if they want help, if somebody wants help, help and 24 help hours is max. We have beds available, so there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to just call. I have a lady right now, uh, a Gold Star family, Teresita. She's a veteran herself, lost her 22-year-old kid. She was just denied treatment. They wanted her to go to the dome. She has trauma. She doesn't want to go to the dome. She wants to go to a private facility and actually have a fighting chance. And she's been denied. Yeah. You know, it, it goes to show, though, that, like, even the VA sees the, the need for for care because they wouldn't have set up the community care as an option if they thought that they could handle the load of veterans that need help. Yeah, they can't handle the load. No, they can't that's, handle that, That's why every time somebody's called, the DOM's always full. Yeah, the DOM's full. So, yeah. I don't and, understand and, and why. And the, the other part of, of it is, is do that what they need to do. Why would we not? You know, I, I, I know that I've, I, I read articles where, you know, that the, the VA uh, talks about, you, no, we're not going to be taking, we're, we're not privatizing, um, you know, uh, the, the VA, which is, which is fine, you know, wh whatever they want to do, but um, they should still be able to get the help that they need when they deserve. Yeah. Actually, they should be able to get the help that they deserve when they need it. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. We don't ask. We don't ask somebody from the general population if if, if you have an anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield policy. And granted, I have my own issues, my other issues with uh, private insurance companies not giving um, addicts uh, and alcoholics enough time and treatment. Um, so it kind of becomes a revolving uh, cycle. So it it's not good either. But at least we can get them off the streets. At least we Same can day. get them in treatment within hours. Yeah. It's like, you know, assessment, uh, phone call. I'm desperate. When people pick up the phone, they're, uh, excuse my French, but they're fucking desperate. Begging. Begging, mm, begging for, help. for help. Like I've been there before yes. myself and I had to pick up that thousand pound phone yeah. and tell somebody that like, I can't do this anymore. If I keep going down this road, I won't be here much longer. Yeah. You know, worst weighing a hundred. Worst day of their life. Worst day of your life. Yeah. You know? Like literally not a good day. Mm. And, you know, um, with private insurance, um, you know, and, and I, I don't know disrespect to the general population, but they haven't put an M16 in their hand and gone over and fought wars for us, nope. you know? And uh, so, so my point is, is that we should be giving veterans better care than what I get. Hundred percent. You know, I could I could call I could call somewhere and I mean I, I could call and get into uh, see my um, um, a specialist mm. tomorrow, today maybe, you know, yeah. because I have a uh, because I have an a, you know an Anthem PPO policy, you know I don't have to I don't even have to get a referral. You guys shouldn't even have to. You should be able to pick up the phone, call a CCN, yeah. and be like, I'm broken, I need help, you know. And, that, and, and, that, and, yeah. and if it's a, if, if, if it becomes like a, a, a budget issue, set a price for it. Yeah. Set a price for it, set terms to it, term limits. How long are you going to allow mm -hmm. them to be in treatment? How many times are you going to allow them to go to treatment, you know, uh, in a, in a year? And that's, you know, my thought is just that 
that's what it's going to, it would come back to on the VA is they're going to say, oh, you know, we have so many veterans that need care, you know, in, in so many aspects of life, whether it's, you know, senior veterans that just need, you know, physical therapy stuff or surgeries or, you know, whereas the private places are going to say, well, you know, we charge and we have less veterans and that's why we can do what we do. We can get them in so quick. But that once again goes back to the veterans that have all signed up to serve this country. Right. For one reason or another, whether they went to combat or not, they've all put in their part. They all did something to make sure that we are still here as a free country to this day. They all signed a will. Yeah. Every one of them. Sometimes, sometimes like that, the, the way I see some of the, the, the VA carriers, I, I see, I, I see it as, um, um, similar to uh, care up in um, Canada. You know? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, very similar. Socialized healthcare. Socialized yeah. healthcare. Socialized yeah. healthcare. Sad situation. People we're, are we're, dying. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Canada, if you if you have money, people come down to the United oh, yeah. States to get all everybody. Yeah, everyone. And you know money. that because uh, my family, we're all everyone comes down here. You're Canadian. Canadian. No, you're American. I'm, I am now, but yeah, line up six months. Yeah, to get a doctor in Winnipeg. That's. I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy. Socialism. If you have, if you have a, if you need to get in like a a, a, menis, a meniscus. Oh, surgery? forget about it. For, uh, uh, my mom's friend had a heart condition a week ago or two weeks ago, and thank God it was in Florida. Within a day, he had a double, uh, two stints put in. He was how, in and out in a day. How would that happen in Canada? In Canada, a month, month and a half, you go home, you die. He's Here's the thing. He's 83. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They put him on the waiting list. They don't rush because you're 83. Why are they going to spend time? They can only do a certain amount of procedures every month. They're going to wait. That guy goes to the back of the bus. That's sad. His new name is Lucky George. <laughs> Lucky George. That's what my mom named him. She really? said, you're no longer George. You're Lucky George. Yeah. 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 Florida. Fell, hit the floor. And, and do you think with the VA, that's part of the issue is that because it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind issue for a lot of Americans and a, a lot of people is that they don't see the veterans struggling. They don't see the need for the care. You know, yeah, the veteran calls us and we know what's going on and we see what's happening and we hear what's happening. But do you think for the general population or the people that are making decisions within the VA that because they're not seeing it, they're not hearing the phone calls. Right. I would I would love for an emergency room doctor at the VA to take one of these phone calls of a struggling veteran who's saying, I need help right now. Right now, I, I need I need this referral. Right now. I need a bed. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm you know this might be my last night. I don't know what to do. Right, and not and and you're not and you're not suicidal. When that so, is, so so you're not you're not eligible for a, a fifty one fifty hold. Mm -hmm. But you got um you you got a bag of fentanyl. Yeah. Or you, or you've got a prescription for um you know uh, a Valium or Xanax mm -hmm. and, and a bag of meth. And you're and you're desperate. I mean, that's a slow suicide. When that, you know, you think the Hippocratic Oath do no harm. It's like, at what point does that get waived by? Well, I don't want to do harm, but you also need to wait. Like, how? Who judges when harm is or isn't? As far as like, oh, you know, you're going to be fine if you go back to the streets and use. You're going to be fine if you go home and keep doing what you're doing while you wait to get some care. Oh, we've yeah, we've we we took a guy to a to a, um, a VA emergency department. Um, actually, we didn't take him there, but uh, we we referred him there because he was really bad, mm -hmm. 
drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really bad. Really bad. Blood alcohol. By the time we got him, his blood alcohol was high. Like, I would have been dead. High. Mm-hmm. So he was a real alcoholic, right? We sent him to the emergency department. They gave him uh, Librium. They, they gave him Librium mm-hmm. and sent him home. He said, you'll be fine. Yeah. Just don't drink. Just don't just don't drink anymore. Yeah. Take the liver. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. And you know what's crazy? We called down there to check on him. Mm-hmm. And then that same emergency department filed a complaint for us harassing them. We were just trying to make sure the veteran was getting care. Yeah, right. And we yeah. got a we got a complaint filed that we were harassing the nurse at the went literally we're super nice to them. Just ta- having a conversation like hey, how's he going? How's uh, how's he doing? Um, you know, uh, we knew this guy was really best up when we brought him to you. We're just following up to make sure he's all right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Yeah. Sounds pretty. I mean, that's what we do. Me. So, so it's, say, say it's the general population, right? Just, just, you know, we get a regular phone call. We get about five, at least five uh, phone calls from veterans every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, let's just say it's a regular phone call and we get hundreds of those a day. Um, and um, somebody's bad. We refer them to the emergency department. Of course. If we can't get them here in time or their situation's too bad or, you know, we need to get them cleared by the emergency department before they come in, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, and we don't just do that to for, for veterans. I mean, and, and they should actually have the right to go into the emergency department like, I'm in withdrawals, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's every time I went in, they'd say, well, you know, you're withdrawn off heroin and meth. Like technically, you can't die. You're not going to die. And that was always that was the, their. That doesn't their happen to me if I go emergency. If I if if I'm withdrawing from heroin and and meth, uh, they keep me, they stabilize me, mm-hmm. and then a social worker will come and help me get into a program or a detox center. That's what happens. When the, and that's when I crazy. go to the when I go to the emergency department. Well, and again, I've never the, held an M16 in my yeah. hand. The VA says we're not going to admit through emergency departments anymore, right? That was in but the letter. I know. And that's so they're saying that's not the way to do it. But if you need care, you have to go to primary care, which I know for a fact is out till May right now. Right. So, there's so that, 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 that seems between, to violate the Mission Act right there. Just the fact that you can't even get to your primary care doctor within 21 days. Within 21 days. And they're using that as a backstop of, well, we didn't know they needed that care. Right. I guarantee you they're going to say, well, we, d- we didn't know that veteran was going to request care for that. Yeah. Well, there needs and, to be a line. I, the I, veteran's granted, crisis line needs to do these. I, I do want to say we're, we're only bashing the mental health substance abuse side of this and the, and the, and the community care. No, we're not really lack. bashing. We're just being honest. This is, this is honestly this what is, is happening. This is our yes. experience. Yeah. This has been our experience, yeah. especially now. All of a sudden, uh, as of January 1st, this is, this is everybody's experience. Yeah. Uh, with the the VAs and this shouldn't be happening. Um, but, uh, I'm not sure what I was saying, but, um, it's got to change. Yeah. I mean, and I'd like to think that if enough people know about it, and that's, we're trying to bring this topic out of dark, you know, right. it, it's been in the dark. People don't know about it unless they're in the industry, unless they're a veteran themselves, that's gone through it themselves. You know, I feel like the more people that know about it, the more people will care. Right. I'd like to think that most Americans want to help anybody that's struggling, much less a veteran that's struggling. Right. You know, and it's 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 ridiculous that it's come to this to be able to try to get that help for them. Yeah, I mean, and that that was I do remember what I was saying. Now, 
my point was um, that there's got to be some good stuff for the, from the VA. It's just the stuff that I'm experiencing in this industry. It's not been um, it's not been good. So I wanted to kind of uh, a- end on the veteran stuff with um, good experiences that well, yeah, you've I mean, had with their health care system. I, I love my PAC team, my primary care team that I have. After you know, and this is all after the fact. After I got help through care possible for my substance use mental health. But now like if I need an appointment, I mean, appointment wait times are still way it's out. still too much, I, bro. I think that's still that socialized healthcare stuff. It's still, you know? it's still too much. The, so the we, amount of veterans they have and the help they need. But, you know, as far as like going to primary care, I have a good relationship with my primary care. You know, I got a community care referral for chiropractic. That took all of a week. Hmm. It was easier for the me. The pharmacy's to, great too. Yeah. Getting your meds. Yeah. They'll mail them to you. Yeah. They mail me like my, my heartburn medication and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 90, that I take 90 day man. supply too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of goods of the VA. Yeah. I don't, I don't deny that. And you do bit. have a lot of different benefits. Like your kids got free school or something. There's some That's, sp- that's not through the VA healthcare benefits. That's through the Veterans Benefits Administration because right. of my service connection. Okay. That's yeah. all based off of percentage. Okay. But yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that was my point. There are, there are very good aspects to, to the VA. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like when it comes to mental health and substance use disorder, it's, it's, it's not great. No. It's, it's, it's not up to it's not up to uh it's not up to the asam standard it's not up to our standard no, it's not no. and it should be it should be beyond our standard they if any veteran anywhere wants help help should be available and by should i don't mean on paper says it's available right or after you jump through our hoops or cut yeah. through the red tape it's available yeah i mean when any veteran anywhere needs help yeah they should be able to call a number for any treatment facility that's a, a CCN provider right. through community care. You know, at the end of the day, like I, I and I know we've had this discussion, like I, I know how great the facility here is and it would be great if they'd come here. But at the end of the day, I don't care where you go. Yeah. We don't as care. Lo- either. As, I, yeah. as long as you get in, then I'm happy. Yeah. As long as you have that opportunity to have that, you know, that help, I'm happy. And that, and that's, you know, I, it's not like we're trying to be selfish of like, oh, only, you know, it's we just want veterans to be able to get the care that they deserve, the care that they need and the care that they want. Yeah, because if, if you can't do that, then what what are you doing? You know, and it's great that on the back end that we give them all the, you know, you know, you get the help you need. But if we can't get you to where you're healthy enough to have that. Yeah. Then we would actually save them money in the long run. We, we, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. That, that's, that's the part that nobody yeah. ever understands. If we started getting addicts and substance users and everybody healthy again, they need actually less medical care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I go to the doctor like once a month. Yeah. I'm not like once, once, once a year. year. <laughs> once a year. Oh, yeah. Not once a month. <laughs> Once a year, you should see a doctor about that. <laughs> <laughs> you got the doctor, your doctor problem. Uh, psychiatrist. No, <laughs> this guy always needs stuff for his lumbar. Oh, I know. He's God. he's uh. So I push it too hard, bro. That's all. Yeah. I know. I've seen you in the gym. You don't warm up. You don't. You got to stop listening to. And look, I I love David Goggins, but you got to stop listening to him when you're when you're like you know uh, over 40, our age, forty five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have David Goggins in my in my headphones and I'm running on the treadmill and he's like, he's like, yeah, just, you know, you can push your body past its limits. And, and I, I could when I was 25, 35 even. Yeah. 
but now like you know i'll push it so far that i'm 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 injured yeah <laughs> and then, and then i'm like thanks. it takes longer to recover i'm like thanks thanks goggins yeah yeah because he's got a, a that's what i like about about david goggins he the 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 guy that says go just like go 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 that's goggins yeah and then there's david goggins who's you know uh, if you listen to his story or read any of his books he's the he's the guy that like you know the the almost 300 pound yeah. guy that has so, a lot of trauma and uh, you know pain yeah and so he created this guy goggins yeah which i like that too because like i just call myself chad yeah or chad yeah. I don't really, I don't really like the, the, the guy with the full, the full name and my full last name, you know, he had a lot of problems, a lot of problems, a lot of insecurities, yeah. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff, man. Chad just, Chad, Chad just, Chadic. So Chadic, the reason why I say Chadic, because I'm addicted to becoming the best version of myself, nice. you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, when I used to do 12 step meetings and I'd go to, um, Narcotics Anonymous, I would. Um, I started saying like, you know, I'm Chad, I'm an addict, right? And then it just turned into Chaddict because it was. I'm Chaddict. Yeah, because you ever fair. noticed that a cool name like that? American, you could well, you can come up with one. Luke Ict. Luke. <laughs> Say it just doesn't sound as good. Yeah, it doesn't, does it? I'm a, it just it just worked out, Chaddict. Yeah, it did work. Yeah, out. he could be a Chaddict. He could be. I could be. I'm going to be Shane E. Shane E. Shane E. Shane E. Like, like easy. Hey, Shane E. Shane E. There you go. Shaney. Shaney. That's, like Shaney. A, that's like a girl's name. That's fine. It's my feminine side, bro. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Shane E. Like Gary V. G- Gary V. Yeah. Shane E. Dick Shaney. Yeah. Dick Dick Shaney. Dick Shaney. Dick Shaney. <laughs> Dick Shaney. <laughs> I like Dick Shaney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should like that he shot somebody and got away with that. That's what you liked. Oh, he did, huh? He did. Oh, nice. Shot the guy in the face. Really? Oh, my bad. Oopsie. Oops. You guys didn't see the Dick Cheney movie? Cheney? No, no, it's a good movie. Oh wow, it's a good movie. I have to watch really? It. Yeah, yeah. I um, oh, can't remember the guy's name right now. The guy played Batman for a while. Batman played him. Yeah, Psycho Killer guy. Yeah, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. That's it. Yeah. Th- thank you, Michael. <laughs> thank Angela. God. Thank God we have Michael. Angela, <laughs> right? Like we are bad. Yeah. yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. Plays a great Dick Cheney. Yeah. Solid movie. What about yeah. Liz Cheney? That's not top. I'm not going to go call this so, right now. Well, it, it, I mean, the, the the Cheney movie goes into that a little bit about you know some some of that. Yeah, I don't know much about Liz. Okay. Liz, I'm sure you're a sweet woman if you're out there. <laughs> don't come. Uh, many people would probably disagree with that, but Maybe. there's many that would probably agree. Who knows? I see the best in everybody. This isn't a political show. It's a show about um, drugs everything. And everything, bro. Yeah. We're everything here. Hopeaholics, man. Hopeaholics. 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 We hope. We we we're addicted to hope. Hope. Yes. We're hope fiends. That's oh, what yeah. you said earlier. Luke was like, "We have to get shirts that say hope fiends." Hope fiends. I like yeah, that. I like that. Yeah, I fiend for hope. Fiend for hope. Yeah. Hope's a good thing, man. Oh yeah. Hope and faith. Hope. Faith, hope, and love. Like I, I hope that the VA uh, figures this out. I, I hope that I hope that the guys up in Congress figure yeah. this out. Well, that's for and, for, and and on that, I mean, we're willing to come up and talk to you anytime. Any of them, we'll, we'll come to the VA and talk to you. We're trying to start a dialogue. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's like we'll, yeah. we'll start a dialogue. If if there's something that you perceive us to be doing wrong, come down here and see our facilities. Right. We'll come up and present for you guys. We'll yeah. let you know what, you know what we're about, what we're doing it for. How can and, we better their lives? How can we better these guys' lives? Yeah. 
Great. And that's for, for the addicts that, you know, for the people, veterans out there that, that don't have similarities to my story of homelessness and shooting heroin and meth, you know, say you're binge drinking a lot every day. Say, you know, you, you dabble in the Coke with your friends on the weekend at the bar. You know, if, if there's something out there that you're doing that's not, you know, you don't perceive, you, you understand that, yeah, there's some ramifications to it and you might need some help. There's also resources through the VA for you out there. There, we, you know, there's outpatient programming, there's telehealth programming. There's so many resources to be able to make yourself the best version of you. Like you said, yeah. you know, there's, there's things out there to get to where you want to be. You know, if you're resetting yourself every week, weekend with binge drinking, then, you know, think about where your life would be if you're not doing that. The, 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 the hope of will help too. We'll, we'll, we'll help you. So you, you guys can call us anytime. What's the number? 1-800-866-930. Hope. Hope. Yeah. Four, six, seven, three, four, six, seven, three spells hope. I think uh, I think somebody's trying to text me out there. Must be an emergency. What time is it? You guys have a. It is eleven thirty four. Eleven thirty four. We should we should we have Catherine come into our podcast? Yeah. Live? Yeah. Let's have Catherine yeah. come in. Hey, how's it going? Catherine in the building. <laughs> she said we're weird. Who? Davy. Oh, he leaves at noon. Noon would be great. Yeah. And an hour and then, I have, and then we have that other call at one, right? They didn't cancel on us, did they? Okay. You'll, you'll need to come get me though, because I'm like, my phone's like way down here. So have Davey come up now. Yeah. We'll have Davey. That way you can now. finish. We'll just take a break. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll give him a few minutes and no sleep till Brooklyn. I'm tired, man. Hour twenty minutes. All right, I need to eat. We'll just take a little quick, yeah, quick, uh, quick, quick break. break. Fuel your body. We're yeah, not done. Nice. We're not done yet. Oh, you look good without your headphones on. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, look at that. Nice. I nice, feel. Strong, I feel like nice, you strong, can't. Strong head. Yeah, I, I, I want to know anybody that listened to yesterday's <laughs> podcast and today's podcast if they can notice a beard trim in there. I don't notice a beard trim in there. He swears he got a beard trim yesterday. I see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Did you get your eyebrows done? Huh? They, like, huh? I did Pretty not. Boy. Yeah, they, I look, did. They, they look really good. Like, I get my eyebrows done when when my buddy Jose. Shout out to Jose at JB JB's Barbershop. Oh, Atlanta. so he does your eyebrows at the same time? Yeah, I get that clean shave. Oh, I actually, you don't you don't get, you don't get them like threaded. You don't go to like no. one of those places. I have just good genetics. I have nice eyebrows. All right, that's great. When you get wait, wait, here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good your genetics yeah, are. Yeah, it don't when, matter. When, when you start getting over 45, yeah. like they're, they're just going to start going. Like oh, yeah. They, they grow longer. Yeah. Well, no, that's why that's why he trims in. length and shapes them. You got to get them trimmed and shaped. Yeah. You got to skin care. You got to take care of your skin. You got to take care yeah. of yourself. You have great skin. Got to yeah. take care of yourself. You have fantastic skin. I mean, no makeup, bro. No. Just I don't wear makeup. Yeah. He yeah. does wear makeup. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. On Just on Sunday nights. A little yeah. blush. Anyways. All right. We'll take a break. Let's go. All right. Back after these messages. Well, I've never met Dave. I've talked to him a dozen times on the phone. Talking.